Hi, I'm Miss Marcy, and you are listening to Conversations with Miss Marcy podcast. If you are looking for watered down conversations, this might not be the podcast for you. I'm just saying. Welcome to another episode. Today, I am actually with a guest, Miss Jasmine Shojai. So, how are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good, pretty good. Um, just, you know, um, a little tired, but, you know, that's all right. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> so, now you are a model and an actress, correct? Yep, that's right. All right. And you were also form- formerly known as Australia's top glamour model of tw- 2017 and 2018. Yeah. So, won that competition twice in a row. Um, I think it was really nice of the director of the whole thing and um you know they gave me the opportunity to have that title twice and yeah to have that in itself is such an honor so I'm really it's one of my biggest achievements definitely yeah I can imagine that is something to be proud of so now Australia is that where you're from yeah so I was yeah born and raised there okay okay how's life how is life living in Australia um, well, it's a really hot country, I would say, or on the hottest side anyway. Um, like, you can get really cold, but it only snows, like, in certain locations. It's not like, you know, and even right now, it's pretty, I think it's close to 30 degrees right now. It's, mm-hmm. it's only 7 a.m. in the morning, so mm-hmm. uh, right now it's summer. And, um, no, it's a really nice place here. We have a lot of beaches. Um, in a way, like, we have a lot of really cool nature, like a lot of animals and, and such. And um, the really funny thing is a lot of people overseas think that, or for some reason, because of some of the documentaries and movies that they see, they have the impression that, like a lot of kangaroos or like all such <laughs> bouncing around. Honestly, that doesn't happen. But I, I can say from my experience, there's been one incident where this is kind of rare where I am, but where a kangaroo was actually on the street and it was crossing the road and it went into someone's backyard. So <laughs> it does happen, but it's not like it doesn't happen like all the time unless you're in a very rural area. Right. Where there's already a lot of nature, but otherwise, yeah, not really. I think it's one of those kind of like, um, kind of like the image. It's kind of like the situation like with Africa. You know, people have certain images of Africa and certain um, stereotypes of Africa that, oh, they have animal wild animals running around in their backyards or they live in huts and they you know they walk around eating grass and stuff like that so exactly yeah yeah. so so how long have you been modeling i've been modeling for three years now or like to be exact it was like the it was like the anniversary of my career when i like when i started it in october so yeah about three years now was modeling something that you always aspired to do uh, when you were growing up, or is it something you just kind of fell into, kind of stumbled into? Um, well, I always wanted to be like a supermodel since I was like very young, and like I guess I didn't really take it on on board until yeah three years ago, and I did my very it was kind of spontaneous actually. Um, around that time, I had just broken up with my ex, which I think it was 
for the better. And, you know, sadly, but again, for the better, I had broken up with a lot of friends of mine or fake friends of mine around that time. And I was like, you know what, I want to do something that's just really cool. So I did my very first photo shoot and I never looked back. So I think, Ooh. funny enough, everything kind of fell into place from that time on um but I think what really helped me anyway was I guess my determination around that time and even now to try something new so yeah I think if people want to try something new especially something that they've been longing to do for a while but never got around to it it's yeah definitely worth it right I feel like with the modeling industry or or basically pretty much in any industry, but I'm, I'm going to say modeling, um, with social media and everything, it seemed like it is really easier to kind of get into it. I mean, would you agree because of, you know, just the the exposure that you can give yourself through uh, platforms on social media? Yeah, it's definitely a lot easier. And yeah, if you, it's definitely a lot easier to also connect with the right people sometimes. Um, like, because there's a lot of industry professionals on social media as well. So you can connect with photographers, um, even agencies and, and, and magazines as such. So, um, yeah, it has made it a lot easier as well. Right. I used to think modeling was like a super, super hard industry to get into. Um, like it was in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, it was, especially when you are starting out and you don't really know anything. Well, you shouldn't. Um, so with me personally, I'm glad I did invest. Um, I, I'm glad I did invest in certain things because I remember when I started, I, you know, entered some, I entered like a program slash competition where they take on girls that they haven't they haven't necessarily modeled before and they teach you a lot about the industry so I I did that I invested in some one-on-one posing lessons with which was also run by a professional um I invested into a portfolio I put myself on a casting a very popular casting network online in Australia and um that those little things and some of those things obviously cost money but those little things really helped me um otherwise I probably like wouldn't really understand I wouldn't have the fundamentals the basic fundamentals to kick off from right yeah, and you know, you the key word was investment. You have to invest in yourself. So yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Now, when it comes to modeling and everything, the the typical image of a model is, um, you know, real thin and I mean, almost frail looking at times. But I see now, yeah. I see now in the industry, they're trying to make room and actually, you know, have a lane for like plus size modeling. Um, so, I mean, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's a great thing or it's just like, uh, whatever? I think it's a really great thing because people come in all shapes and sizes and right. everyone knows that. And I think the only time when, yeah, I, I think it's never a negative at all to see different body shapes. Um, a lot of people don't like certain things, but then I think, well, don't go on the internet and look at look at it. Um, doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, like you know, I think with plus size modeling, it really encourages a lot of more curvier model models or women 
people who are just naturally curvier to, you know, to also be able to model and feel really good about themselves. So Mm -hmm. that, in a way, is very inspirational. And if you ask me, it should have just been accepted a long time ago. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's great that society and the industry are becoming more open-minded to these sort of things. Right. And I actually think it's a wonderful, um, I think it's a wonderful thing. Um, Just like when Rihanna was debuting her, I think it was, was it her makeup line? And she had all these different models, like different skin tones, different, I mean, just everything. And I think that's beautiful to see because we have, we have, you know, we have always seen certain images of what beauty really is and what your body should look like and everything. So when it comes to, you know, the plus size modeling and just seeing all kind of different faces in modeling ads and everything, I, I think that is wonderful. And that, that I think that kind of, I think that can help lessen maybe some insecurities that maybe some people may have who are trying to get into the industry. Yeah, I totally agree. They're definitely starting to be more diverse everywhere you go. And I think that's a really good thing because, yeah, like I said, people come in all shapes and sizes. They come in all different skin skin tones and it really like it only makes sense to incorporate different people um, in different, you know, campaigns or in Rihanna's case a beauty campaign it just yeah it's just common sense in a way because mm-hmm. everyone is different <laughs> so to advertise that is just you know in a way a normal thing to do um but yeah I have to say going back many years ago you know even before I was starting modeling um even when I was a child possibly they I think the industry was just more narrow-minded that they only thought you know, certain things should be should exactly. be out there or mm-hmm. certain types of models should be in these advertisements. Um, but, yeah, like I think that I was just really narrow-minded thinking. And, yeah, people are just more open these days. Right. And, I, I'm, and like you said earlier, I think, I think it should have been this way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, speaking of modeling, so you also uh, were featured in some Playboy magazines, correct? Yep. Now, how was that experience? Because when I think of Playboy, I used to think of Playboy and I just thought straight nudity, just just butt nakedness. But is there a difference between um, Playboy and just porn? Oh, yeah, that's like a huge difference. And I think a lot of people wouldn't know this because they're in the industry. So they're not in the industry, sorry. Um, Well, for starters... Playboy has sort of changed over the time. So from what someone told me, they said back in the day, so I would have, I may not have even been born at this stage, but um, they were very explicit, as in it was technically pornographic to a certain extent where they'd, yeah, have very explicit photos and in some cases in the magazine it would even be zoomed in in certain parts so I can understand at least from the way they described it to me how pornographic the magazine actually was Mm -hmm. um nowadays and I know that the original playboy in the USA has definitely changed a lot um nowadays at least with the editions that I've been in they have been They've featured, like, nudity, but it's more like art nudes. So the 
models are obviously naked, but you don't really see anything much more than that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go further. Right. Um, and then you have bikini models, like, and, and lingerie models, or you have, yeah, you have a lot of different types of elements in in the Playboy editions that I have been in. And I think that's really good. Mm-hmm. And then for models who want to go all the way to more explicit content, they have a thing called Playboy Plus, which is mainly online from what, again, from what I've seen and what I've been told. And if you model for that, then you can, you can get to, you get to do more explicit things. And mm-hmm. um, so really interesting. They've just categorized things a little bit differently. Um, and yeah, no, with the whole, bikini modeling, lingerie models, or etc. So basically, as a model, you can choose what you really want to do. Um, and if you want to pose in lingerie, you can. If you want to pose nude, you can. And yeah, each international edition will probably have their own guidelines. Um, so yeah, um, the everyday person wouldn't necessarily know that, and I wouldn't be surprised either, because before I started modeling, I didn't know that either. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, so it's very interesting how it works. And, yeah, Playboy's become, like, a huge franchise. So mm-hmm. each country to its own has its own way of doing things. And, um, yeah, it's so funny how it's changed over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I know when I, was, when I was younger, like, when I was a kid, I remember just when you heard the word Playboy, you just thought straight, you know, nakedness. And back then, it was that way, like you said. I mean, you see chicks busting it open, just straight cock shots and everything. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but now they, you know, they didn't clean it up, and like you said, they have compartmentalized it. And that, so I think that's good because that gives a person the option to, you know, do what they want to do with it. Because not everybody want to get butt naked, but then again, not everybody want to play it safe either. Some people are more risky. Yeah. And so that's cool. Exactly. So what was your experience posing for Playboy? Um, absolutely amazing. Like I just had an an awesome experience every time. I mean, the photographers I work with for each photo shoot um that has ever been published um in in Playboy, um, they've all been amazing to work with. They they're very professional, they're very yeah, just very outgoing, very energetic, and um, I think mean, that's a really good thing. And yeah, so I think you have to be as well. If you're an industry professional, you wouldn't necessarily be dull or difficult to work with or anything like that. So I'm glad to say that I've always had such a positive experience, um, not only for Playboy, but in general. And um, I think with my most or with my recent Playboy cover, which was in October, it was it was a really it was a little bit different from my other experiences because well there were two different I should say there were three different things about it. Well, one it was my first cover, um, or my first cover for Playboy. The second thing was um, it was nude, so it was art nude, and. The third thing was they had a Canadian um, TV station um, on set called Naked News. So they were filming the whole thing. (laughs) Um, And they interviewed me at the end as well, um, along with the photographer. And 
No, the whole experience was so phenomenal. Um, even when I look back, I I think about it and I think, wow, that was so amazing. Like, I want to do it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> even for straight after the shoot, I couldn't think, stop thinking about it for like two or three weeks. So I had such an amazing time and I really enjoyed working with everyone on set. And when the photos came out and it was on the cover, I was just, yeah, I was very happy. I, I don't regret anything to do with it um even the nude photos were just i don't know they were they weren't obviously you know i guess it depends how everyone sees it because some people don't like nudity at all Mm -hmm. full stop they just think it just shouldn't be published um but yeah honestly they were really classy nude shots and the, the photos came out amazing so yeah, I'm very happy I had that opportunity to, yeah, pose for the cover of Playboy Croatia. So it was really good. Let me get this straight. So you were nude or half nude? It was a mixture. It was um, a few lingerie poses. Um, there were a few topless poses. And then there was, like, basically complete nude. But you know what I mean? It Right. kept some things a secret right. um, so that's what art nude is you're nude but you're not really showing everything um, the term that they use in the glamour model industry is art nude and open leg so the whole difference between the two is if you're doing art nude you are nude but besides the fact that you're naked and it's clear about that they're not showing anything else open leg which is commonly seen in playboy plus and in penthouse um that's when like yeah that's when your legs are open and they kind of zoom in and show everything and um i personally never really wanted to do that it it just wasn't me um but i i'm not against glamour models who Mm -hmm. choose to go that that step um in america from what i was told from a playboy photographer he said they're commonly known as like yeah like extreme adult models or uh, penthouse models because those that um the penthouse models commonly do do that so it's very interesting um how yeah the terms explain it but basically if if you yeah if people were to use their imagination it makes sense but yeah no my experience was very positive and yeah I don't I don't look back and think oh that was bad or anything I just I look back and I'm just so amazed at what I did it was it was a really positive experience well that's good that's real good so what are some tips on um, becoming a a successful model that you can give um, our listeners out there definitely a lot I can give advice about and I think it all comes down to you um as an individual with your persistence or determination on on, when it comes to like when it comes to how well you're going to do so you know if you put in very little effort you're probably going to get very little out of it if you're going to put a lot of effort into yourself and into your career you're gonna you're definitely going to get a lot out and on top of that, um, be willing to learn and take on advice from, you know, industry professionals. And because they, especially when you're a beginner, they obviously know what they're doing and 
they often have been in, in, in the industry a lot longer. Um, again, this more applies when you're a beginner, but even when you're not, um, I think the more open you are to learning, I could definitely say this about myself, the more you're going to gradually improve every time, no matter what stage you are. Um, I could definitely say at three years, I don't think I know everything about modeling. I'd always be open to learn something because mm -hmm. there's always room for improvement when it comes to anything. So definitely be willing to improve yourself and improve every little aspect of your career because that's what will make you advance. Otherwise, you kind of will be in the same spot because um, it's funny how that works. It's kind of like one of those things, if someone thinks they're already too good, then they'll have that sort of attitude and they don't, they won't really move anywhere from there, if that makes sense. Right. No, I, I definitely. Yeah, I think, and take care of yourself as well, I would say, because I think the more you look after yourself into your whole look, like your hair, your skin, which obviously makes sense, the better you are going to look appearance-wise um, as a model. Right. And speaking of that, um, that actually ushered right into my next question. I was going to ask you, um, so when it comes to the appearance of models and everything, there's always been kind of like this thing where it's been said that models struggle with um, keeping their weight down and they some of them have eating disorders and like it's just this obsession with being really thin. Um, do you think that that is something that is prevalent? I mean, is that true? I think that's really true when it comes to, I guess I, when it comes to certain models because I know that if you are doing um, high-end fashion modeling and like runways, you are required to be very thin and be a size 8 because quite often they'll only have those clothes available to walk in, um, even for just you know, fashion photo shoots. And I guess there's nothing wrong with being a size 8, but there's a difference between not eating anything and being a size 8 or eating regularly and being healthy and still being a size 8. So mm -hmm. I think, like, this wouldn't target at a specific group of people, but this would tar be more targeted at the individuals who do happen to do that, which unfortunately is still the case. Mm. Um, I just know that they're trying to change the industry here to a more positive um, thing, like encouraging women or young girls to be happy with their bodies and to be healthy in their mind and in their phys yeah and physically. And you know, if for a lot of you know, and if. If you're someone who's not, even if you weren't a model, if you're someone who's not eating correctly just to stay thin, then, you know, it can be a really bad thing. Um, so I think people just have to be aware or women just have to be aware to be just, you know, um, just to be healthy. And that same goes for women who are wanting to be a model. I think when you're a model, you definitely do have to be healthy and keep in shape. Like you have to be regularly going to the gym, which is fine. But if you found that you were not eating for like two or three days straight sometimes, then there would be, I, I would imagine there would be a problem. Um, I personally never thought that I never had to, 
I personally never thought at any stage, oh, I should not eat anything. Um, if anything, um, I remember just going on a really good diet where I was only eating very healthy foods um, to help me achieve the body goals that I wanted to have. And by doing that, that really helped. Um, admittedly, I was go- I've been going to the gym a lot. Um, there was one stage I was going up to five times a week. And, like, I wasn't at the gym for hours. I think each, each session was only one hour. So, technically, I was in the gym for only five hours a week, which for me worked very well. So, and that's, yeah, and I guess that's normal. So, if you are, uh, if you were, like, if you're basically eating very well and you're going to the gym and you're managing to stay slim from that, and that I would consider um, healthy, not coming from a health expert, but just coming from like common sense, basically. Mm-hmm. But if you're not eating for several days and um, not even drinking anything and just very extreme things, then I would definitely say for anyone that isn't healthy at all. Right. Let's take a quick break. Now. Speaking of like image and everything, what are your thoughts and views on, you know, cosmetic enhancements? Because that is like a very popular thing now. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Um, my view on that is that you should only do something if you are 100% sure of doing it and if it's going to help you personally as well. If you're going to do something like that just for the sake of someone else or because of what someone said or because of your career, then in a way it's not worth doing it because for a lot of people, and I wouldn't quite say for myself because I can definitely see myself modeling and acting in the long run, but for a lot of people they may not choose to do acting or anything like that for a long time. In fact, they may do from from the type of from the stories I've heard or for, even from some of the people I've met like they've done modeling for two or three years or even less and they haven't really pursued it again because it wasn't their thing but so you the last thing you'd want to do is do a cosmetic um especially if it was like a plastic surgery the last thing you'd want to do is do a huge procedure only for your career nothing else mm-hmm. um so it has to be for yourself so if you're happy having this done to your body to fulfill yourself, then I guess by all means, um, think about doing it. Um, I'm not sure what they teach in America, but I know in Australia, they, it's funny because in Australia you have a lot of websites and even a proper doctor will recommend, you know, who to see. Like you definitely don't want to, especially for plastic surgery, you don't want to seek someone who's underqualified to do the job because that's where dangers can lie. And um, you definitely want to see the right surgeon. You definitely want to make sure the procedure itself is suitable for you um, health-wise and for, you know, that it meets your aesthetic needs as well. Um, I'm all for it, honestly, as long as it's done right. Um I personally haven't had plastic surgery, but I've had a lot of um, expensive skin treatments. I've had Botox, dermal fillers, and um, I've had hypnotic threads as well, um, which is like 
It's like a bit of a facelift, but it isn't. So you don't really have to go to the knife. There's just very small incisions, like a fine needle that you don't even that disappears within days, and it just it just creates a more um, nicer lift for your face. And honestly, it doesn't even it's it's a very slight cosmetic enhancement. Um, mm-hmm. It's basically it's very interesting. Um, if people actually look it up, it's it just makes more sense than when I when I just say it on here, but basically, um, I'm really glad that I'm got a really good, uh, professional cosmetic team that I go to and they, they only do like, they believe in like less is more as well. So, cause a lot of people go overboard in that sort of thing or in any, anything in, um, cosmetics. But I think that usually happens when the cosmetic team is, like just has a very like I guess I guess it only happens when the cosmetic team doesn't really care about their clients or it happens in less um it it happens in certain countries as well because you hear stuff here in Australia of things going overboard in um in Asia and all those countries where they kind of don't have proper medical rules Mm -hmm. so um yeah, it's, it's really funny because um, at one stage I was considering breast implants and I was doing my own research and there was all sorts of things that, um, not only about the procedure itself, but um, even the standards of plastic surgery, it's, there was a lot of interesting things I found online. Um, but yeah, all in all, like just don't do it for the wrong reasons. You just have to make sure it's the right thing for you. And then the second step is finding the right professional um, for you to do it, which from what I've heard um, in America, just like in Australia, there's a lot of professional doctors that you can go to and, you know, everything usually is is fine. So um, I think with anything they teach here, they they always say don't go overseas or they they say Mm -hmm. don't go to certain countries to get budget, um, to get budget plastic surgery because they can do really bad things to you. Um, So that's what they teach here. Or they got these backyard butt injection people like these little, like, you know, like you get them like in an alley or something. Um, and then, oh my god! Yeah, like like these little. I'm just. I'm see. I'm not into that stuff. And I, I mean, I don't knock nobody who is, but I know the butt injections. That's like a really big one, really, really big one. And I know. I mean, yeah. are you familiar with uh K Michelle? No. Okay. Well, she's a singer um here in America, and she had got the not just her, but a lot of women. I'm just using her as an example because she was the first person that came to mind. Um, when I thought about this, yeah. but they, she got the butt injections and stuff. And, um, then, and, and it just made her butt look very, unpro- you know, just unproportioned, you know, with her, with the rest of her body. And then she had it taken out, taken back out. And I mean, it's just crazy, but she went through a lot of medical issues because of it. And I've seen stories. Um, wow. there was this documentary I watched on BET. Um, what was it called? It was called Killer Curves, and it was really, really good. It talked about, you know, it uh, showcased some women who had gotten butt injections and stuff like that. The aftermath of it, how it affected their bodies in a very negative way. And, I mean, some women got infections, and, I mean, there's even been cases of death behind it. Like, it's... Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it's, wow. If you're not careful with those butt injections and stuff, it's really, it can really cost you. 
Then I've seen cases where, um, like I said, some people, they transfer the fat from their stomach and put it into their butt. Um, I've heard yeah, that's, yeah. yeah, I've heard that's more natural, but it is. Yeah, yeah. But see, all of it, I just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just too afraid to, I'm just like this. If it's not broke, I'm not trying to fix it. Um, <laughs> and I've never been one to really, honestly, I've never really been one to be very conscious about my body. Well, I mean, I've gained a little weight over the years. And so I am trying to lose a little weight, but as far as having a big butt and, uh, you know, and some big, you know, titties or whatever, I've never really been on that. I've always been kind of, I've always been, um, I've always been content with what, with what I had, you know, and I've, and I've never been a super, super busty chick or a chick with a fat ass or anything like that. I've just always been kind of small, but I'm okay with that. But I think now yeah. in the industry and stuff, and like I said, what we see on TV, it kind of, it causes some pressure for some women to, you know, have to look a certain way and have a big, you know, butt or whatever. So yeah, it, it can be so hard. And like I said, this is how I would see it. I would say, okay, look at the procedure, even do some research, um, not only on the specific doctor's website, um, but you can just do some general research from some, you know, official websites and see if that right, if the procedure is right for you, not mm-hmm. only, you know, it looks wise, but you know, if you're in good health, then that's fine. If you have health issues, then that's probably something you may have to um, double check about or double check with the doctor about. Um, and then the second thing would be then find the right doctor or medical team. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that part can be difficult because you're like, oh, I'm not sure who to go to. But mm-hmm. um, I know there's ways of finding out how qualified or how official a doctor is um, in Australia, and I'm sure the same. it's the same in the US. So I think it's very less likely to have come across someone dodgy in in Western society, at least, I should say, when it comes to that, I think it's more likely to happen overseas where the industry doesn't have as many rules and force. Mm-hmm. It's not monitored as well. So I think if anything, yeah, like you would do it in your own country with a um, suitable and qualified doctor. And then, and I guess you would be able to tell once you go in there because, yeah, you'd mm-hmm. be in there. It, it would be obvious from the get-go if it's a very dodgy place or it's like an, an official um, clinic where they have qualified staff. So it's, um, yeah, I think, yeah, that would be the second bit. Find the right medical team and then, then you talk with them and if it still makes you feel unsure to do it, then you probably wouldn't want to jump into it straight away. you probably like would not do it until you were very certain. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, no, like the procedures I personally done have been more in and out. Right. Um, I decided for my personal preference not to get breast implants um, only because when I did my research, there were a lot of risks um, no matter which surgeon you went to, um, there were a lot of risks associated with the implants themselves. And I kind of thought to myself, oh, I don't really like the sound of that. <laughs> so um, I won't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's it's really funny. But they are starting to get more 
like lean, I wouldn't say lenient, but it, like fat transfer starting to get more popular here because mm-hmm. um, people realizing there's less risks involved. And usually if it's just a minor infection, um, I think they just give you antibiotics because at the end of the day, it's like, I think it's your own fat. So there's less chance of something completely major happening. Yeah, so I think when you start going implants and all sorts of those complicated things, then the risk just kind of starts increasing. Um, So, yeah, no, at least from what they say here, um, again, it may be different in the U.S., so they may say things differently and and whatnot. But, um, yeah, the whole fat transfer thing is really started getting popular here. I've considered it myself, but I'm not really, I guess I'm not really in a rush or anything like that. I always think, you know, take your time to think about something. Don't just go and do it. Um, but yeah, because otherwise I think you're more, more likely to to regret it as well. So Right. I remember back in the day, um, breast implants were pretty much the major, that was like really my, like the only form of cosmetic, or any type of enhancement that people were getting. But man, when this whole, all this other stuff came in, it just, ooh, it just took on a life of its own, it seemed like. I know, um, I know you know who Kanye West is, right? Yeah. The rapper, yeah. So his mom, you know, she had some surgery done and she ended up dying. Um, I forgot what she had uh, done. Uh-huh. She ended up passing away behind it. Well, yeah. Well, then if you see those cases again, and it's very unfortunate that, Kanye's mom died from actually, you know, doing a procedure. I would say because especially when it comes to actual in surgery, when you're in a hospital, um, even when it comes to when you have a walking walkout procedure, I would still say the same thing. It is your health at the end of the day, so you shouldn't really put a price on it, and you shouldn't really be going to anyone who's not quite qualified for the job. So. Right. If it means going to a top doctor and paying a lot of money, then do it. Do it, right. Nothing's really going to happen, you know. Right. You can walk out and you you can enjoy the rest of your days. I always just say that, like, just don't put a price on it. And then if you can't afford it, then, I mean, there's other ways you can, like, there's medical payment plans or you can just save up for it and then do it when you're ready i mean there's so many other options but yeah mm-hmm. don't i would say to anyone not from personal experience but from all the stories i kept seeing on the news mm-hmm. don't go overseas it's not worth it right Just, and the, yeah, the things exactly. people do to you know look a certain way and again, I mean, people got to do what they're comfortable doing, but I just, sometimes I just don't think it's worth it. You know, some of the after effects. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how I personally felt about breast implants because, you know, again, just from my general research, I was like, oh, I don't really like that. So I, I don't see why I should be pressured to do it just because a lot of models in the industry do it. I think you need to do something that you're comfortable with. That's right. all it comes down to. Yeah, because, because you have to. Because problem here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, I'm fine. I was just saying there was a problem here that a lot of girls or a lot of models would do these things to look better for their career. But I guess that isn't enough. You need to do it for you because mm-hmm. it's your body. <laughs> so, um, 
again, yeah. And that's where I was like, you know what? This doesn't really please me. So I'm not going to just do it because, you know, of that extra few jobs I may, I may not necessarily, but I may have gotten in modeling. But see, as you can tell from what I've told you in my career, um, and a lot of people have told me this as well, like you've made it without implants um, because there was a bit of a, I guess a bit of like an assumption. A lot of people thought that Playboy models had to have these gigantic um, breasts. Mm -hmm. And see, you know, I think when you get to a certain stage in your career and you you know, you achieve a lot and you don't, and you achieve, in my case, if you do it like without that certain thing, it's a huge achievement because, or it's a huge ins inspiration because, um, again, a lot of people had this assumption, a lot of women as well had this assumption that you had to look a certain way to become a Playboy model. So I'm glad I was a, I had been able to kind of prove that that's not the case. Yeah, so. that's, that is real good. And I think, I think too, it boils down to a person's self-esteem on the inside and everything, because I know even going back yeah. to, to the K Michelle, the singer K Michelle, even going back to her, she said that the reason, one of the reasons why she got all the injections in her butt and stuff like that, is she thought that it would make her happier. She thought that it, she just thought that it would it would um help her in her career and everything or you know just she thought it would just add to her and but it didn't she said she saw that it didn't and I mean K Michelle she was just per she was fine without all that like her she has had a nice body she's a pretty girl she was fine without all of that man she got that stuff and her oh my gosh it just did not look right. And again, like exactly. I said, she started having yeah. like health issues and stuff. So she, she said now she see it just wasn't worth it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, um, I think again, and these, these are just things I've heard, um, cause there's a lot of, I'm sure like over there, there's a lot of stories here as well. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of things have, when things have gone wrong, it's from people who have gone overboard as well. Right. Like they've done too much of the certain thing rather than just doing it normally. In moderation or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, a, a rational doctor um, or a, an honest doctor wouldn't necessarily do too much. They would, you know, they would do something that it's safe, not do it that it's, um, you know, so a lot of and and unfortunately, like like a lot of people in this world, some people don't care. They're just after the money. So, mm -hmm. um, again, yeah, you just have to be really careful. Right now, you've done some acting as well, right? Yeah. yeah. So what have what have you appeared in? So I've recently started my acting career. Um, before I did a bit of film, I was doing like I've just been doing main roles for music videos. Um, I did a commercial for Playboy Energy Drinks Australia almost two years ago now. Um, so that was interesting. So these are obviously, I suppose you could call them small roles. Mm -hmm. And my first supporting role in a film, um, in an independently produced film was um actually in seattle in in usa so that was earlier this or i should say now it was last year so um that 
Yeah, I got that opportunity um, through networking and I have my management um, in the States who are also based in Seattle as well. And they, yeah, so the opportunity came about and they organized this whole thing for me. And that was, yeah, that was my first major role in comparison to the other things I did. And that was technically a supporting role to the main character. So um, you can actually check that out on, on IMDb. It's called The Alliance. So I play Anastasia. And, yeah, it's a really cool movie. Um, unfortunately, my role wasn't as big as it, I guess I would have I don't want to say like it was as big as I would have liked to be, but I guess it would have been cool to to be in the U.S. longer and to do mm. more because um, I was there for a limited time, so I technically was not able to, I guess, be incorporate incorporated anymore because of that time limit. But nevertheless, you know, when we were filming on the day, it was just really amazing and. Immediately, I was really nervous because I was like, you know what? I just realized I haven't really done a movie before. Like, yes, I've been on set, but there's a difference between doing commercials and doing maybe like small scripted scenes as opposed to doing this. So I was a bit nervous, but everyone was really easy and friendly to work with. It just made the whole process just really good. And I learned a lot um, from just that one day. And yeah, no, it's it's amazing. Um, I don't know exactly when it's going to be released, but if any listeners want to just look up the Alliance um, on IMDb, I think there's a few movies in general called the Alliance. So um, yeah, I think to find the right one, I would say or look up my name. And then the Alliance or look up. So the movie was directed and produced by um, a guy called Robert L. Butler. So even if they were to look up his name along with the Alliance on Google, it should come up. He was such a pleasure to work with. He was really, it was great meeting him. It was great meeting everyone on set. But yeah, if if people were to look up um, his name and the movie, or my name in the movie, I would imagine it will definitely come up. Okay. So if you had to choose between acting and modeling, which one would you choose? That's a really hard one because (laughs) the really funny thing is if you asked me this question maybe a year or a year and a half ago, maybe I would have – I probably would have said modeling. But Mm. since I've been doing – Um, Because right now I'm also studying acting part-time to further develop my my skills and knowledge as an actress. So I'm doing... I'm doing it like a, I'm actually doing a national qualification, so I'm doing my certificate four, and it's really helping me. And ever since I've been doing those classes in particular, and ever since the movie, I felt like acting has been more part of me, not only as a from a career point of view, but as a person. So now I would say, you know, just as I, as I am a model, I, I wouldn't necessarily choose one way or like separate either one from myself because now I feel like I'm kind of both. And yeah, I, I, I honestly couldn't choose either one because if I wasn't acting or if I wasn't at acting school, um, you know, regularly doing 
like little scenes and stuff and learning um, a lot with my um, with the other students there. I, I just I wouldn't be happy necessarily. But right. if you told me not to be a model, I wouldn't be happy either. So it's um, I, I can definitely right now I can definitely see myself as both. And I think when I started my career as a model, I definitely I definitely did not see myself going down. Um, as an actress and the really funny thing is though when I was little and I was looking at all these models and and looking at all these movies I kind of did want to do both at that stage so um right now I guess it does it's not a surprise that I kind of pursued acting as well but um yeah no I'm very happy that I've decided to do things this way well good well it sounds like you got a really bright future, you know, ahead of you. So that's a great thing. So tell our um, listeners, how can they um, reach you or check for you, um, like your social media and things like that? So my, I'm on a few places on social media. Um, with Facebook and Instagram, they both are under the same name. So if, if um, listeners want to look me up on Facebook or Instagram, they simply will type, they simply just have to type up Jasmine Shojai model and my profile should appear. With Twitter, it's just uh, um, Jasmine underscore Shojai. And I have my little YouTube channel as well. So a lot of my like live segments that I do on Facebook and then a lot of my behind the scenes videos that have been professionally filmed um, available to watch on YouTube as well. So if they look up Jasmine Shojai Model TV, that, yeah, so that's for YouTube. And I think the only other thing I can think of is obviously my website, which is, um, yeah, com. So if they head on there, there's a lot of content and information on there and, and my bi- biography and um, my official behind-the-scenes video for my recent Playwood cover is on there. Um, basically, there's a lot of different options on my website. So if they head over to Jason TV, it takes them to a page and the official behind-the-scenes video for Playboy is at the bottom of the page. Um, reason being, just quickly, that it's on there is that it it is an uncensored clip, so it's all it's all there, and um, it is my official behind-the-scenes, you know, video for for Playboy. And um, I figured if it was on YouTube, then you know, a lot of people would see it, which would be great. But we, myself and my um, Australian management, decided to charge people to view. So if they oh. if they want to view it, they um, will have to pay just a small fee to see, to rent it. Um, it, it can be purchased um, for a lot of money. But other, other than that, if they want to just quickly rent and pay a small fee, it's available on my website. So, yeah, so those are just, yeah, probably the best places to... Um, look me up. <laughs> okay, yeah, so yeah, that's where y'all can find her. Now, you want to um, t- tell them how to spell your name, too, because they may assume that Jasmine has an E on the end. So tell them how to spell your yeah, first and last name. So Jasmine, um, as in J-A-S-M-I-N, um, my last name um, is spelled S-H-O-J-A-I. All righty. So, again, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. 
All right, guys, that's it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe and follow me on social media. All right, take care.